Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Uh, right now, though, I want to talk about the, the CARES Fund. Now, this is a, an incredible agency and a great idea uh, that uh, I'm going to give you some details on in just a couple of seconds. Uh, they've already made some awards of more than uh, 400 employees right now in the senior living sector with emergency financial assistance for them, uh, which is something that obviously is much needed during these days of COVID. Joining us to talk about this is Hazel McCallion, who is the former mayor of Mississauga, of course, and is the chief elder officer of Rivera, one of the agencies that is involved in this. Madam Mayor Hazel, great to have you back on the program. How have you been these days? Oh, very good. It's kind of hot today, but I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm fighting the hot weather. Well, I hope you hopefully you All got right. a cool you got a cool place someplace. I hope to sit down and do All this. Right. Oh, Hazel, really cool. talk to us a little bit about this organization, about uh, about this this group, the Cares Fund, and and your involvement in it. Well, I was so uh, so delighted when uh, the four uh, uh, long term care uh, organizations, Rivera, uh, Chartwell, Extendicare, and Siena, decided to set up a $2 million fund because they recognized that all those that, uh, employees that were uh, uh, senior living employees were superheroes. How could they recognize them? And so as a result, we said they, these four companies set up this fund and uh, 400, they've already allocated $1.8 million in emergency financial assistance. They, uh, in May, the applications started to come in. They had 1,200 applications from these superheroes, as I call all the health workers. And uh, I'm just so pleased that they recognized how they might say thank you to the superheroes. And so the fund is a testament, is really a testament to the resilience and the heroism of our senior living employees. Can you imagine getting up in the morning and having a job that you're going to work that you may contact the unfortunate virus that has hit us? But they did it. They're superheroes. This uh, terrible virus, Hazel, has really shone the light on, on the, the work that goes on on a daily basis in these facilities, hasn't it? Oh, you know, I'm so glad that, uh, that the province has set up a commission Quite honestly, uh, uh, it's been known for years that these uh, long-term care homes needed attention. There's no doubt about it. I spoke to former members of the health ministers about this over the years when I was there as to how some of these homes were not being properly uh, managed in regard to uh, to uh, those occupants. They finally, uh, what the pandemic has done is brought it to right out on the headlines that these long-term care homes need a real, complete review of the operation. For instance, I'm so pleased that uh, Prima Ford has said he supports the air conditioning of them all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My gosh, can you imagine? In the, especially where they have uh, more than one person in a room, like some of them is uh, there are two or three people in a room, not too many, but there still are some. So thank God that 
that there's going to be action all across Canada, not just Ontario, all across Canada. But they don't need to study it very much because it's quite obvious as to what has to be done immediately. I hope there's not going to be a long commission that takes all kinds of months to look at something, and then a report comes forward, and usually it's filed away and gathers dust on some shelf of some ministry. Yeah, that uh, that's unfortunately the way government works sometimes, and uh, we we don't need that in this situation. We want action in situations like this. Where besides Hazel, you're right. We know what's going on. We've heard these stories, and and I I, I had the premier on the program uh, not too long after this whole thing started, and uh, you know you know what it is, and and you know this from your long experience, of course, in in politics. A lot of these things are out of sight, out of mind, until somebody we know, a loved one that we know, has to enter one of those facilities, and then we go and see for ourselves. And, and that's what brings it to light. What we need is, is our elected officials to, to be the champions for them and to be proactive in, in, in looking after some of these things. And don't wait until it gets to the situation where everybody's overburdened. Yeah, now, not all homes are, are uh, operated inefficiently, I can tell you, because I, I work for Rivera, and I visit long-term care homes. And so I know what goes on there. I talk to staff, I talk to the occupants, ask some questions as to what experience they are having in the home. But the point is, there's still a lot that are not properly managed. And, has, and as you say, this has existed for years. It's not a new thing. But uh, attention has not been given to it, and I, thank, I hope that this pandemic will change the whole operation of long-term care homes uh, across the country, not just Ontario, but across the country. Well, there seems to be an appetite for that now, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, there is. I think there's an appetite. Certainly, Doug Puma Ford has said he's going to fix it, and uh, I think he will. In fact, uh, I'll be working with him to make sure that it's fixed. Hazel, talk to us about, uh, from your experience uh, working, of course, with Rivera, but uh, the, the people in these facilities, and including some of the ones who, by the way, have already been recognized, the 400 employees uh, that, uh, that get the emergency assistance funds, uh, the, the, the pay is, is not incredible in some of these facilities, and you're right, it varies from facility and facility and company to company, et cetera. But, you know, you mentioned the word heroes, superheroes of these people. Uh, some of them are working two or three different jobs to try to make ends meet and very, very dedicated to each and every one of those jobs. Uh, this is this is difficult work, especially during these difficult times. Uh, and it's fabulous that, uh, that your organization, that the Care Fund here, is actually going to acknowledge the kind of dedication that a lot of these staffers are, are doing on a daily basis. That's right. Well, I have to tell you, from visiting... I've been out to British Columbia and visited Rivera Homes. I've been to 35 to 36 homes in Ontario. And i got to tell you, you've got to re- have great respect. There's people that work in those homes for 20, 25. And I remember one a, a, a lady had worked there for 36 years. They are dedicated people. They really want to look after people that need help. They're so dedicated. In some of the homes, it's so interesting to see the guy in charge of the, they're called the environmental engineer. But when there's an event being held, he's helping to 
really uh, occupants, uh, wheelchairs to the event and such. Very dedicated people are the people that I've met at the Rivera long-term care homes. They, they, they don't work for the money <laughs> because it's not, they're not paid well, so, but they, they want to do the job. So they are superheroes, no question about it. And, and the fact that you're acknowledging those is fabulous. But the other element to this, too, and this is the practicality of it, I guess, uh, is the financial assistance fund. Uh, because, as you say, it's not a great-paying job, and people do this because of their dedication. But, boy, everybody's financially challenged these days, Hazel. Oh, yeah. And uh, what this fund is going to carry on is, uh, uh, in other words, to help uh, employees and their families to pursue higher education or training. There needs to be good. These people need to be properly trained to to work in these homes. So the training is very important. So they need assistance uh, to obtain the training that's necessary. You know, it's, in the past, it's just that somebody wants to work in the long term care. Uh, many of them are not. They had no training at all. I think training is going to be a major recommendation of the commission that these employees should be trained to care for along. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. We've talked about, you know, the fact that I think a lot more of us now are more aware of some of the challenges in that industry these days. How does the industry itself respond to that? Uh, you talked about, you know, increased training and things of this nature, staffing levels. This, I, I guess there's pretty much going to have to be an overall reevaluation on how care is being delivered. I'll tell you what has to happen. There's got to be a major change in the attitude of the bureaucracy in the long-term care uh, ministry. There's got to be a change in the democracy. Rivera's been wanting to uh, renovate some of the homes that they've bought, and it's stalled by the bureaucracy. So the Minister of Long-Term Care has got to say to her staff, get with it. We've got a problem. Our premier, uh, her boss, has said they're going to fix it. It's the attitude of the bureaucracy that holds up many of the changes that the long-term care operators wanted to institute. I know. You know, I, I discovered, I don't know if you know, but I think it's $8 that's allocated to a long-term care uh, patient for food. If you go to jail... If you're in jail, you get twelve dollars. <laughs> it's just not right. It's just not right. Yeah. You see, there's got to be a complete review, a complete review of all the operations, and uh, the uh, many like Chartwell and Rivera and Extended Care and Siena, uh They they want to make these changes because I hear from the. President of Rivera and, and the staff at Rivera that they approached the government and and the response is is not as positive as it has to be in the future. 
And there's, listen, there's, there's two sides to this. Obviously, the changes that you've talked about are very, very important. Uh, the evaluation of, the, of, of, of who's doing what and how well they're doing it has to be part of that discussion. As you said, there's some very well-run operations, uh, very, you know, up to the, up to speed. They're, they're modernized they're, and they do a wonderful job, uh, with their, the, the residents in these facilities. Some of them, not so much. And some of them are poorly run. Some of the buildings are old and decrepit. Uh, and, and it's up to the ministry in a case like this, isn't it, Hazel, to call those people out and say, look, if you're not doing the job, you don't get a license. Exactly. And the inspection is only as good as the inspector. Yep. Uh, sometimes I, uh, I ran into a situation here in Mississauga where the inspector was going in on a regular basis, but I think they were having coffee with the director of the home. You know what I mean? That's not an inspection. inspection That's a visit. Is only as good as the monitoring and the control of the inspectors. In other words, when the reports come in, somebody should be double-checking them uh, uh, by somebody else uh, that can go back in to make sure that the inspection has been properly done. Inspection is only as good as the dedication and the uh, desire of the inspector to do a job. How do we keep their feet to the fire, Hazel, to make sure that they maintain those standards? Oh, I'm going to keep the... I, I have confidence that uh, Premier Ford is going to fix it. He has determined, I've talked to him, and uh, uh, the commission has got to get cracking, and they don't need to take too long because... And the facts are very obvious as to what has to be done. We don't have to spend too many months looking at the situation. But you know, you've been dealing with Queen's Park for years and years and years, different governments, different premiers, different ministers in situations like this. And and it's it's usual sometimes that you just get passed from one department over another. Well, that's their job. Oh, that's their job. Uh, there's got to be coordinated effort here. And, and I guess it starts with the premier's office right now and the, with his, his responsibilities, but also his commitment at this stage to say that, that this has got to get better. And, and I, now we're going to see how are they going to follow through on that. I mean, COVID's not going to be with us forever. It's going to be here for a while, sadly, but still. But even when it's gone, we want to make sure that those standards that you're talking about are going to be maintained. We have to prepare. It's like the report that was done. It was called the Naylor Report. After SARS, it was a major report done by the federal government, uh, a large committee. Dr. Lamb, who is, you know, our mm-hmm. federal director, was on the committee after SARS to look at how the government should prepare for the next pandemic. I've got a copy of it. It's about six inches thick. I'd like to know how many of those recommendations were fulfilled, because we certainly were not prepared for this pandemic. No, we uh, we got caught flat-footed. I, 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 I was hoping the press would question Dr. Lamb, because she was on the committee. She was on the committee. It's called the, uh, the president of the University of Toronto, Dr. Naylor, was chairman of the committee. It's about five to six inches thick, and it told the government how to prepare for the next pandemic after SARS. I'd like to know how many things were put into place.
because we certainly weren't ready for this one. Absolutely not. And and sadly, we've seen some tragic situations because of that, especially in some of these facilities, which is why I think it's so important to, to do what you're doing or the, with the CARE Fund here to recognize those people that are working day in and day out. And let's face it, they're, 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 given the situation we know with COVID, a lot of these people, they're, they're putting their lives on the line. I mean, this is this is dangerous work when there's a virus that, like COVID that's going around. And these people, uh, instead of backing away from that, have simply said, we need to go in there and we need to help those people. And they've done great work and i'm glad to hear that this is going to be ongoing hazel it's this is not a one-time thing that there's going to be money invested in this industry and in the people in the industry yeah by the way i just want to clarify that a lot of the employees uh were not employees that received the funding were not employees of chartwell Rivera, extended care or cna living they they it came from all sections, uh, sectors of the uh, long-term care. Well, it's a great con- fun. it is, and congratulations on this. I, I Listen, I knew that when you left politics, you were still going to be active because that's the way you are, Hazel, uh, oh, and you're yeah, doing great yeah. work in this industry now. Yep. Thanks so great, so great yeah. talking with you, Hazel. Stay healthy, yeah. and we'll talk yeah. again soon. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hazel McCallion, of course, former Mississauga mayor, who's heavily involved in the long-term care facility there with the uh, the CARE Fund. The Bill Kelly Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 till noon on 900 CHML. I'm Bill Kelly. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure that you rate and review.